Welcome to Cognition Ignition with C-Class. Today's guest is Florian Orleanu, and he is a real estate agent in Connecticut. We're going to be going over a few different questions with him, kind of get you guys um, understanding the real estate market, um, what he does, how, how he became a realtor, and how you can become a realtor if you wanted to. So let's get into it. So what's up, Florian? Not much. How are you? Pretty good. Gloomy um, day outside. I know. It's crappy out there. Yeah. So um, pretty much I'm just gonna give you the time you can tell people about yourself, how long you've been a realtor, anything you want them to know, and then we can get into some questions. Does that work? Sounds good, thank you, I appreciate the opportunity. So I've been a realtor since 2013, but I've been involved in the real estate industry even past that. Um, I've known the broker where I started in the beginning. Um, so he suggested actually um, I should get my license. You know, I've, I like working with people, it's a passion of mine, you know, helping people, um, helping others, especially in a field where it's so complicated, right? Mm -hmm. and, and real estate, we all know, there's so much to it and so many unknowns that you just don't know how to navigate on your own without having some, you know, knowledge, yeah. right? So, or previous experience. So that's why I got into it. You know, um, I, I started talking to people. Um, I saw that I can help, you know, I looked over contracts, paperwork, um, you know, I knew there was going to be a lot to get into, uh, but I just, you know, I was excited for it. So I started, um, you know, obviously to me, my, my business, how I run it is um, referrals, right? Mm -hmm. Friends, family, referrals. That's um, to me, my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. um, the only reason is because I like to build relationships. So to me, if I can get a deal, great. If I don't, I want to build that relationship. I want to understand, you know, um, how can I help you? Especially return on investment. When there's people who have certain scenarios where they really need to sell because they need to make money to, you know, if they want to move, they have to pay some bills or whatever the case might be, right? So I try to focus on each client individually. This is not a... Um, one for all type, type business, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, I take it a little bit uh, differently. Um, so I started actually, I've been, this is my third um, company that I'm with now, Coldwell Banker. I started out of Cromwell, um, local brokerage, Johnson Real Estate. Um, you know, that's, that's where I got my, my license and my foot in the door, um, so to say. I um, then realized I needed more technology. So I'm very technology focused. I need things faster. I need to provide to my clients um, the best technology and the best resources mm -hmm. to sell your house or to buy, right? Or multifamilies for investments. Yeah. Um, I've done rentals as well. So I used to do rentals as well, help clients. Um, it's tricky with rentals because there's a lot of need for it and a lot of people who can't afford to, to buy, right? Mm -hmm. So when you do rentals, um, you start with them, you build that relationship again, and then later on, a couple of years down the road, you know, they want to buy a house. And then at that point, they qualify. Um, you kind of work with them if they have credit issues or if they don't have enough money saved up. You know, you work with them to create a plan, mm -hmm. right? That's the most important part. Where do you want to be in a, a year, two, three, four years, you know, whatever the case might be. So you, you create that plan with them. Um, and then you always follow up, right? You stay in touch. Um, and to me, it's easy because 
like I said, I'm into building relationships. So mm-hmm. I always talk to my clients, they always reach out to me for any questions. Um, so it doesn't have to be real estate related, right? Um, I've had people ask me for recommendations for a doctor before. You know, hey, do you know a doctor? Because you have kids, I have two boys, right? Um, somebody asked me, do you know a doctor? Yeah, you know, that, that's what I love. I love to build my, my network. It doesn't have to be real estate related, right? Um, IT, if you have any questions with your computer, I don't know, if I can help, I will. Otherwise, I can refer you to somebody who I know. Um, so, based on that, I wanted, um, you know, I met, I met other agents. I saw how other people run their businesses, um, and I needed more technology, right? So, I switched to uh, Keller Williams. So, I was with Keller Williams. Um, you know, great company, obviously everybody there. Um, they're all great companies, it's just a matter of what works for you, right? What can you give back to your clients? So another opportunity came around actually this year. Um, so I moved to Cold Banker um, out of the Weathersfield office. So with that, you know, they all have technology, they run, you know, different business models, but I don't have, so, there's, there's differences where, for example, you can have your own team and build your own company within that company, right? Okay. So you can have, you can be like the team lead or whatever, still be an agent, but then have other agents work for you, right? But that turns into, you gotta help now, you gotta work for your agents. You're not really, you know, if you get busy, you don't really get to meet with clients as much, right? You gotta be able to, have a business model that works for your agents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Just real quick, so yeah. basically you're, you are like the head real estate agent and you would send other agents out to kind of homeowners to sell their house individually, but they'd be working under you kind of, is that how you're explaining this? Yes, but um, it's a team, okay. right? So you're working as a team. Mm-hmm. You, I'm not sending you to clients, I can give you referrals, but usually all agents get their own referrals, right? They build their own, mm-hmm. unless you're new and you don't know, you know, you haven't been in the industry. And then at that point, um, what you do is, you know, you come to me for help. That, that's why some agents join teams, right? They don't know what they're doing. They don't have any help. So they, they need help, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you get help? You join a team. Um, so when you're part of that team, you tend to run based on that business model, right? Mm-hmm. So you follow the same process, you use the same systems, um, it's all about systems, right? Systems and networking. Um, so to me, I like I like to be on my own. Um, I like to do it all based on how it works for me. And it's been working great. You know, I've built that system that to me, even when I switch companies, right? That was my concern. Um, you know, I'm switching technologies, but I don't want to have any impact on my clients. So it's funny, when I switched, I had about... Five contracts, five people on the contract when I switched companies. They so had from that other company. Correct. Okay. No impact. They had no idea that that it was happening. You know, they didn't they, they didn't need to, to worry about, it, right? From a from a contract perspective, everything was going as it was supposed to, right? From a branding perspective, it didn't affect them at all, right? So I told them I'm switching companies, but I also assured them, hey, you're not gonna have, there's not gonna be any impact on, on your business, right? On your house or whatever the case was. Um, so I love it, you know. Um, I've been with Colo Banker, great technologies, um, you know, um, mobile, TV, prints, marketing, 
you name it, you know, they did it. Um, so I'm able to provide to my clients based on their needs exactly uh, what works for them, right? There's different packages, different things that, that I do for my clients. Um, so from residential to commercial to investment, right, for multifamilies or even condos and, and flipping houses. Um, so there's a lot of different avenues. Um, I focus a lot on first-time buyers, mm -hmm. you know, because I went through it. You know, it, it's, it's a tough process. If you yeah. don't know what you're doing, you know, people can take advantage of you. You don't know what, um, you know, it starts with, with the loan. You don't know what's out there. You start, you know, people talk to one person and they think this is it for me. You have to shop around, mm -hmm. you know. They're all very close, but some people can do more for you. Maybe it's not financially, but it could be from a services perspective. Connections, you build that relationship. You know, down the road, you need something, you can always reach out. Mm -hmm. So to me, that, that's very important. Okay, um, well, since you brought it up, is there anything that you would want to share specifically with first-time home buyers, uh, like about what they should be looking for? Buy a house now. <laughs> now. <laughs> the interest rates are so low. Um, it, it's like, you know, if you can't afford, if you can't qualify for a loan, it's one thing, but start working on it, start mm -hmm. planning, right? It, it starts with, unfortunately, your credit score, right? People don't, nobody thinks, they don't teach you that in school. Oh. Why not? And I, you know? I, I've always wondered the same thing. Well, I can tell you probably because when you get to this point, now you've got to pay more money because your credit is not as good. So how do you qualify for Well, you gotta pay more, mm -hmm. right? It's, it, it's the same thing with any type of service that you get, right? You don't qualify for the best one, hey, well, we can still help you out, but you gotta pay more, right? So yeah. when people are, they feel trapped, and then they end up doing it, right? So spending a little time starting to think ahead and plan will save you a lot of money in the, in the long run. So if you go out to somebody and they wanna buy a house, they have no credit, like what would be your first thing to tell them to do? How would you tell them to build up some credit? Well, there's things that they can do and things that they shouldn't do. It depends, again, on a case-by-case, case, mm -hmm. right? So I'm not a credit advisor, and I, you know, I let them know that, but there are some things that I can tell them that I do mm -hmm. with my own thing, right? So have credit cards, but make sure you don't go above 30% of your uh, credit line. Mm -hmm. So if it's $10,000, don't go above uh, $3,000, right? So 30% and pay off every month. Don't be late on your bills. Um, the, the more you use it, the better it is for your credit. Mm -hmm. The other problem is, is, is history. You can't get past it, you can't trick history, right? You gotta have years of, of using it. You know, they have algorithms, unfortunately. It's not like somebody sits behind the desk and they, they review your credit and like, well, it kind of sucks, but okay, I know you, I know you can work on it. Here's a $20,000 credit line. Doesn't work like that, right? So, um, first thing is, you know, you can use one of the free services that it's out there to check your credit score, see how it is, you know? Um, second step is, I always recommend talk to a real estate agent or a loan officer, but most of the time talk to both, mm -hmm. right? Interview people. Interview to make sure you're working with the right person. Um, there's, just like in any industry, there's good, there's bad, there's, there could be a great agent, but maybe you don't have that connection, mm -hmm. right? Yep. That's fine. I've had, you know, I've met clients before where it became, um, it was more of a personality um, relationship, right? So that's fine. You know, you, you go with, and I always recommend, you don't want to be in a position where you feel uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I'm not about. So Especially buying a house is already stressful, right? I, exactly. So why stress it out on either? Exactly. And you know, you, you have a contract. You have a contract with the, with the real estate agent. It doesn't matter if you're a seller or a buyer, right? So first time home buyers, if you don't know, um, you don't pay any fees to have an agent, right? Uh, well, maybe in New York, you do, right? There's some, there's some states where you pay to, even if you're buying a house, you gotta pay, right? Which makes no sense. You're already I didn't paying, know that. Yeah, so you're already paying a lot of money to, to buy the house. For so the if you're in New York and you're, and you're trying to sign up with a real estate agent, you're, you're pretty much, once you sign up, know you're putting money into it, right? But not yeah. in Connecticut so much. No, not in Connecticut. Um, you know, maybe the New York business has changed as well. I can't say everybody does it, all the agents, but I, I've heard, right? Okay. So in more of the high demand areas, they tend to probably take advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe the business there is so different that they really have to charge money for some reason, right? So in, in Connecticut, um, buyers do not pay any fees and sellers pay, right? Mm-hmm. So like we're talking about the process being stressful, yeah, it's, it's very stressful, but you gotta be working with the right person. When you get on the contract, things have to start moving, mm-hmm. right? You can't fall behind, like as a buyer, you wanna make sure you're meeting all the deadlines, you're doing everything you're supposed to, because if you miss a deadline and it's your fault, you, you could risk of losing your deposit, right? Put a deposit on a house, you want to make sure you have always a back out of, you know, you're, you're able to back out when there's legit reason, mm-hmm. not just because I want to, right? The, you know, there's some people out there who, um, unfortunately, they decide, wow, I really, I'm scared to buy. You know, I don't want to buy, I, I need to back out. Well, it's more difficult, right? Because you need to back, the other person, you got to think about the other person on, on the other line, right? Mm-hmm. They're selling the house. Maybe they missed out on other buyers. So you got to be fair, right? Everything has to be legal. And that's why you need a real estate agent um, and a loan officer for, for obviously the mortgage side and everything financial. Unless you, you're well off and pay cash. Uh, you know, make things easy, but it's not the case usually. So when it's, it's a once, as you're saying, once you put an offer in most of the time, you're pretty much committed to that offer because you are pre-approved too, right? Before you bring someone into a house and even would let them put that offer in, right? Correct. So the process at a high level, really quick, um, just to give a little bit of insight, right? So let's say you're thinking of purchasing a house. Mm-hmm. So you reach out to a real estate agent or a mortgage, you know, uh, company, because the first step is getting qualified, right? But a lot of people don't know loan officers and mortgage companies, right? So you go with a lot of people know somebody, right? So somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, right? So you, let's say you get in contact with a real estate agent. A lot of people, especially first time home buyers, they don't know exactly what they, they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So they have some needs, but it, it changes as they start looking at houses. Mm-hmm. They realize, wow, I thought I don't need a garage, but I really need a garage. You know, I thought I don't need a finished basement, but I really need a finished basement, right? So it comes from those, including, um, you know, natural gas versus oil, mm-hmm. solar panels on your house. I need privacy. I need to be away from my neighbors. You know, there's a lot of different things that you've got to work with, with your buyer. And I interview you as the buyer and you interview me as the agent, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to know you before I start um, bringing you to houses. If I start bringing you to houses that 
are not for you, well, I'm wasting your time, you're wasting my time, and we're both wasting the seller's time, right? So that's not what I'm about. I'm about time efficiency. Now, so you talk with the agent, um, and then the first step is getting qualified, right? Pre-qualified. So you get pre-qualified, you talk with a loan officer, so I can recommend people. You don't have to follow, to, to go with who I recommend, but I recommend them for a reason, right? They're, they're great, mm -hmm. they will follow through, and they have, usually I try to go for the ones with the best services, right? Best rates um, and, and stuff like that. So you get pre-qualified, pre-qualification, it's only like 15 minutes, very easy, right? You get an idea. I qualify for $300,000. Well, you know, now we can't look at houses that are 350, 320. So everything under that, right? And even the 300 is, uh, it's an approximation based on the things that you tell the loan officer. So if you miss, they, let's say you have a car or you have some debt that you miss telling them, well, that will affect it, right? And all of that still comes back, right? So after the quali pre-qualification, we go look at houses. Let's say you find a house that you like and you are like, well, Florian, I want to put in an offer. The next step is I want to, I'm always looking at the market in that area. So I got to find out, you know, um, how much is the, you know, is the house worth that much, right? Some people overprice things. Some people mm -hmm. price it right that you get into multiple offers, right? Situations. So it's tricky, but you got to be sure that, you know, if you really want the house, um, make up your mind, right? If you wait in today's market and you lose that house, you have to move on. You know, a lot of people have that. Oh man, I wish I did it, right? I wish I put a little more money or I wish I decided to, to put in an offer, mm -hmm. right? Some people wait. They're like, well, first time they see a house and they're like, I don't, you know, I like it, but let's look at other houses. We go look at five, ten houses and they're like, let's go put an offer on the first one. Well, it could be gone. Because once someone accepts the offer, no other offers are accepted, right? Correct. They can know about it, but they can't accept it until it's the contingency falls through, right? Correct. So what happens is you put in the offer, right? And then let's say you get on the contract. So mm -hmm. the seller accepts, you get on the contract. Now you got to send them the deposit. So once, once you send them the deposit, you're on the contract. So the seller cannot accept any other offers. They can have offers coming as backups, mm -hmm. that's fine, right? Because a deal can always fall through, so it's always, you know, you can accept backup offers. Not many people put backup offers because they, why would you, right? Not, not many deals fall through and then you feel like you're stuck waiting for something, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is, now the next step, you know, it's inspection. So you gotta have your, your inspection on the house. And between now, between the contract and the inspection, also the loan officer starts the process. So they run your credit, right? And now this is where they find out, you know, you're dead. And based on what you told them, does it match with what they find? And that's where they come up with, uh, with that number for, for the house, right? So for, for your loan. So what happens next? You have your inspection um, and two things can happen. You know, it could have issues. Right. Every house has something, right? If it's major or if it's, if it's not. So um, you either negotiate for the seller to, to accept um, and repair some stuff or give you money or, or you have the option to back out. So you back out, get your money back and that's it. You know, you, you move on to, to, the, to the next house. So if you, if you still stay on the contract, um, next thing, you know, 
you get past the inspections and it's all on the mortgage side. So now you have an appraisal. So the bank has their own inspection. They go through the house to make sure it qualifies. So just because you think the house is worth something, the bank doesn't necessarily think Correct. it's worth that and they may not want to give you the money for it, right? Yep. So they're, they're a lot more strict now because, you know, a, a long time ago, what they used to do, you know, fraud. Um, so for example, a seller would try to sell their house that's worth, let's say, easy numbers, $100,000, they get on the contract for $200,000, right? Well, the house is only worth 100000 so what are, you, what are you doing with the, with the other money, right? So the bank has its own appraisal, which is an inspection. They come look through the house and they look at the market as well, right? Just like a real estate agent does, they have even more specific criteria. Mm -hmm. So we might think it's worth it, but if the bank says, hey, listen, it's not worth that much, we're only giving you this, well, tough luck, right? Either the seller drops the price or you come up in cash with the rest of the money or you meet somewhere in the middle, right? So somewhere in the middle is what most people do because the seller doesn't want to lose the deal and then most buyers love the house so much that they're like, well, I'm not gonna, you know, let me put a, a little bit more money so I don't lose it, right? So you, you always try to, to meet in the middle to make all, both parties happy. Okay, and say that we're having a hard time coming up with the the money, right? Mm -hmm. They were ten thousand dollars short. Is there a way around that? The seller has to drop the price. Or I'm saying like, but if the seller wanted, but they really wanted, is there like, um, can they take a loan, like from a personal loan kind of thing, or like a gift nope. or something? No, not a loan. Because if you take another loan, that affects your 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 debt again, okay. debt, uh, the ratio, right? So very important. While you get on, before you get on the contract, actually, when you start looking at houses, don't get a credit card, don't go buy a car, don't buy anything. Have your debt paid off, basically. Have the debt paid off and leave it like that while you're going through the process, right? Because if you open a credit card or you get a car or you make a purchase that you put on a, on a credit and you, you don't pay cash, well, now the loan officer has to rerun it mm. again, right? And they always run it three days or something like that, they each have different days. Uh, but they run your credit again before the closing, and if they see that you did something and you didn't tell them, that could ruin the deal. And you might not qualify based on the amount, right? So it's very important. Everything that you want to do, ask your loan officer, if it's financial. You want to talk with your either agent, loan officer, or both. You know, Make sure that you're not making uh, uh, any purchase that could affect the, the deal. Sounds like your plan. So it's, uh, you know, it could be a difficult process, but that's why you have the professionals, right? So you have your agent, you have your um, loan officer, you have an attorney. So we always recommend you don't have to use an attorney, just like you don't have to use a, um, you know, anybody, but we highly recommend using an attorney for, for the closing. They're not expensive um, and they take care of all the paperwork and making sure from a from a legal perspective, you're you're good, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, makes sense. Um, I think you just gave like all anyone who's looking at buying their first house just got so much information. Like, yeah, they really did. Um, so, is there anything that you kind of would warn a first-time home buyer about? Because I mean, I have a lot of friends, and a lot, I, I I think a lot of people think they want to go in and like get a rundown house for their first house and are willing to fix it up. Do you ever see problems with that? Like, do you ever see anyone, do you um, think it's better that they buy something that is more suited to live in or something that should be fixed up? Or will they have any problems buying anything that um, needs to be fixed up? So that's a great question. 
um, and I go to personal preference. Mm-hmm. It becomes a more of you're buying a house. Doesn't matter if it's fixed up or good. It could always have problems, mm-hmm. right? You don't know. You know the risk with uh, a fixer upper. Um, you know, there's two kinds. You know, one that you can't even live in, which you have to buy a cash or with with like a rehab loan, mm-hmm. but you pay more money. Right, so it's more expensive. The, the rehab loans, they have like an insurance on them, right? Isn't two or three K loan. So okay. it's an FHA two or three K loan. They give you money. They all have insurance on it, um, but you just pay more in the fees and stuff okay. like that. And it's a it's a different process. It's it's very complicated. So you got to be on top of it, right? Or you get the one where you you know you live in it and you fix it up as, as you go. The only thing is you live in you know disaster and and. Uh, Construction after construction, project after project, right? If you have the time and the skills, great. If you don't, you're a busy person, might not be for you, right? So I notice now with personally me, right? We just redid our kitchen. Um, you know, it, it became, and I have two boys, so very tough to manage, right? Being mm-hmm. around, I, you know, I got to work and I don't have time to always be doing stuff. So in the end, sometimes, the other problem is money. Right? When you buy a house like that, you buy it cheaper, but you gotta have the cash all the time to put into the house. Every single dollar that you make, where's it going to? I was hoping you were gonna say that because it's like, you know, if if you end up spending way more on the renovations and the house is even worth it, it doesn't work out for you even later on, right? It's, exactly. It's crazy how that plays out. So you, you have to make sure, you know, whatever house you buy, it fits your your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, buying I I see it a lot more now where people they just buy it done. You know, the, the lifestyle has changed so much where you're, you just want to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you're basically that money that you would put in, you kind of have it over 30 years, right? And the loan, it's already done for you. You know, some things, everybody makes improvements. Um, but I see the, the lifestyle now, especially first time home buyers, they don't want to do it anymore. You know, there's not many that, that want to buy a fixer upper because they see the difference, right? They, they want to enjoy life. They have jobs, they got to pay the bills. Um, so they want to just live in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I guess you even see a lot more homes going up now. So, I mean, who wouldn't want one of those nice homes when you, you know, they're, they're, they're taking right. down a lot of those houses that were built like in the forties and fifties to replace them with yeah. more of these newer homes. And I mean, now they even have like a lot better appliances in new homes. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of things are running with gas, which is a lot cheaper than oil, a yeah. lot easier. You don't have to Actually, right now, oil is so cheap. Is it? It's incredible. Like, it's almost at the same price as natural gas. Really? Right now, oil is, I just filled up with a $1.64. Wow, that's really good. $1.64. Three years ago, I think it was, or four years ago, maybe. No, I think, I think like three years, it was like $4, maybe. Yeah, I, that's about what it was. We have that's we have crazy. five we have five oil tanks on this property. We have to get filled all winter. Yeah, and it yeah. is it gets real expensive. So. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like like just like you said, either gas or oil, you or propane, right? So there's always the option of propane, and then if you have oil, you can get propane, mm-hmm. and, and which helps a lot. Um, but it's personal preference. Makes sense. Um. All right, so what else do you want to get into? And, uh, we could pretty much, I, I wanted to get into the technology that you're using because I have seen some of the apps and things yep. that you use and if you want to tell people kind of like what options that maybe they should be looking out for because it's, it's, I think it's user friendly. Like 
you know, not trying to work around appointments, like you know far ahead of time, right? With some of yep. the apps you guys have now and scheduling, like the homeowner has a lot more control, right? Mm-hmm. Can I talk to people about those things? Of course. So two different things, right? When you're buying a house and when you're selling. Um, let's talk about when you're buying a house, right? There's hundreds of applications where you can look at houses online, right? Anybody can go on the app store and download you know, Zillow, Trulia, you know, you go on realtor.com, there's HomeSnap, there's, there's a lot, right? But you got to keep in mind, all those apps connect into MLS. Mm-hmm. That's where they get the data from. That's where we have all the control, mm-hmm. right? We're the ones putting those listings in there. So it's very important that you get your data from your real estate agent. Mm-hmm. So I set up portals for all my clients. And then they get automatic emails. So you don't have to go out on Zillow or whatever the, the website you use, always looking for houses, looking for houses. You talk to me, we have that interview, I understand what you need. I put that filter that you're always looking for in there and it filters all those hundreds of thousands of you know houses and you only get the ones that match that criteria, right? So they come to your email. So all you do is click on the email Wow, I love how it looks. Let me read the description really quick. Let me look through through the pictures, right? So you get the real data. Now with the other websites, maybe you see a house that says it's for sale, but the system didn't sync up and it could be under contract. Yeah. Because there's the there's the risk of being under contract and still there's an option there to still market as continue to show. So it tricks buyers because they think it's it's for sale and they can you can still go look at it. But it's technically under contract, right? Mm-hmm. So some agents change it and put it under deposit where they don't accept any more showings. You know, some sellers have it's it's based on seller's preference, really. Like if you still want showings as as backup, right? Yeah. To, to continue to have it. So I highly suggest getting the data from um, MLS through a real estate agent, and then if you want it want it in a different format that works for you, you know, you can get an app and, and look through there. So there's that, right? Um, there are also reports that I can send you. Well, that's more for the sellers, right? So I like to do that for, for my uh, sellers. Um, so I set you up with you know, that, the, the app where there's so many showings that somebody can get right in a weekend. You put it for sale on, on a Friday or on a Saturday and you get 30 showings. How do you manage that? You get a lot of texts and a lot of emails to accept or deny, but you don't have a way to see it, right? So there's an app through showing time where it gives you the calendar, mm-hmm. what's upcoming and who's showing it and the times and everything else, right? So you, you can manage all that, everything. So that's because it's very difficult if you live in the house. You're trying to sell it and you got to get out, you got to come back in, especially nowadays when somebody works from home, right? It, it becomes a little tricky managing managing those times. Well, I can see you even on your end getting a bunch of phone calls. You got 10 clients. I, I, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you have, oh, I want to see that house. I want to see that house. And yeah. at least if you have some kind of app in front of you with a calendar, it kind of makes everything easy for community. And I like to put it into my client's hands, right? I, you shouldn't have to ask me, hey, who's coming later? Or what house, as a buyer, what house am I seeing later? You know, I send you that tour. Like as a buyer, if we go on a tour, I, I like to create it. If you, if you look at five, six houses in a day, I want to give you the idea of where we're going. Mm-hmm. Right, not go blindly. You know, some people call me up and say, "Hey, like I'm buy a house right now. It says for sale. Can we go see it? I can try and schedule a showing really quick and meet them there." But 
um, it's better when you prepare, right? Sure. You as a buyer, you go in relaxed. Um, you, you know, there's some people who go to open houses, but I feel like you don't get the same experience. There's, there's a lot of people around, you're looking, but it feels more like a, you know, like a, like a showing room, you know, where you go. I was wondering, is there like a danger to running an open house if you are the seller? Because like when everybody congregates into your house and then they notice an issue, it kind of becomes a bigger issue when there's a lot of people in there, right? Because I just haven't seen a lot of open houses. I'm assuming COVID has a lot to do with that. COVID did, yep. Um, but I was just wondering if there was any like thing that ever happened with open houses where like, you know, because one person doesn't like it, other people don't like it kind of thing, or if it's works better to just go in by yourself. You can do both. So I have a lot of clients who may might not be aware or familiar with an area. Mm -hmm. They see an open house. Hey, let me just go check it out mostly to see the area, mm -hmm. to see the house, but then they always go back for a private tour. Yeah. Right? So if if somebody likes a house at an open house, they will not say, Oh, I want to put it in an offer right now. Like, oh my god, that's like a miracle. If that happens, that's a miracle, right? They always everybody and I recommend it, go have your private tour, right? Take your time, look through everything. Now you can have uh, an open mind where you can relax. There's nobody around you to pressure you. You have me where I can answer questions for you, right? Mm -hmm. When you're there with other people looking, you can ask some questions for, for the agent who's hosting the open house, but from my experience, you know, people tend to just kind of go in, go out type of thing. They don't really take their time, um, so. Yeah, I get that. Like, um, yeah, I, I guess if you walked into a house and there were a bunch of people there, you could feel really pressured. Yeah. Or even yeah. if like the homeowner was there or something like that. Like, I mean, yeah, I've gotten some some private showings when the owner was there giving us the, the tours, you know. So that just um, turns some people off, you know, especially on the buyer side when you're there with the owner. You know, you might get some more info, but you might feel uncomfortable. So if you're trying to sell your house, just let the process happen. Yeah, just, <laughs> just leave. Don't forget. Yeah, you know. Um, is there anything that you do specifically to sell the house that you think works really good? Um, like to market it, get a lot of showings, get... Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot, right? So it depends on the area. You send a lot of emails to your databases. Um, you put on social media. You do marketing. Oh, yeah, you're always on social media. Uh, you have to. Nowadays, you know, especially with COVID, um, there's, you know, and the market changed. You don't see people driving around looking for houses. Everybody's on their phone looking and then they go look at a house right so you gotta be you gotta get in front of those people um so for example if you have uh, a house that's um you know victorian and let's say it's so unique right you try to get in front of you i don't think you're you're gonna get a buyers that are like 18 to you know first time home buyers like 18 to 25 buying a, an older victorian with you know um, an older style, right? So you, you try to use social media to advertise and be on as many groups as you can and target it, right? Based on the, the criteria that you use in there. Um, so there's prints, there's emails, there's phone calls, there's, you know, the, the, the databases that you have. So that's why it's very important to have a big database as an agent, right? Um, have connections uh, with other agents as well because, you know, you want to get in front of a buyer, but you also want to get in front of other agents, right? Mm -hmm. Because if the agent sees it, they can take it to their clients, right? So that's how the word spread out.
So network is obviously huge. It's the most important one, you know, at at least to me. If you don't do it, you're not going to succeed. If you just wait, if let's say how it used to be back in the day, you you put the house for sale and maybe some people run an ad in the the newspaper, right? Now it changed. Now you can't do that anymore. It's not even legal, right? No, it is. It is legal? Yeah, yeah. And we still do it. We still do it. Um, Rentals... For sale, people still look at them. Um, I mean, there's you can say you know there's different ways of advertising. You can say um, things in there that are against you know uh, the rules for for MLS and the, the real estate. It has industry. to actually be on the market too, right? Yes, like very important. You can't. I mean, you can as an agent, right? As a as a seller, you can sell your own house and, and market it, right? But again, you gotta be careful. How you market because you can get in trouble, okay. right? Um, for discrimination, for a lot of different things. Ah, uh, okay. So you can, you know, if you use the wrong words in there, you can get in big trouble. Um, like I won't tell to somebody because of this, or or even saying, you know, as as simple as uh, this is a great house for these people. You know, because you're targeting them. You're of. targeting exactly, right? So that's what you don't want to do. Um, because it's not fair to everybody else, right? You've got to give everybody the chance and everybody the option. You know, it, it's up to them if they want to buy the house or not. Not you telling them this is only for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say that. Or even to buyers. You know, I can't show a house to to um, to buyers who, let's say, they want to be part of a community, right? Um, I can't tell them, hey... Go in that community. That's a great community. That that's for you. That's where you should be, right? No, you have to show them all the houses, right? That match their criteria. Then they make that decision, mm-hmm. right? So I don't tell people what to do. Um, I I show them, and then I answer any questions they might have. I guess even if you were telling them like about a specific community, you can it could come back on you later on if they're like you're completely wrong too. Like well, that's why. That's why. If I mean tell them, you know, let's say. I make the mistake of telling them, hey, you should be in this neighborhood, it has, you know, these types of people, and then you get into that neighborhood as a buyer, Mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh my God, this is, you know, not for me. Well, you know, you go back to Florian, like, hey, you told me to go there, right? So, you know, that's why I just, I don't, and nobody should, right? You, You have to let the buyers make their own decisions. You can't. You know, even even remotely, just thinking a little bit, trying to guide them to, towards something, right? You you just don't. I also feel like when somebody's in the market to buy a house, they know what they want, kind of like people fall in love with the house, right? More so, like, yeah. And yeah, just pressuring anybody isn't gonna be helpful in any way. And not even pressuring, but just just hinting, hinting, yeah. You know, even even as small as that, we're not supposed to do it, and you know, not many people do. Um, even even with friends and family, I wouldn't do it. You know, I, I, I let you make your own decision. I show you the facts, show you the numbers, mm-hmm. show you any data that you want to look at that's public, um, and then you make your own decision. You see the pictures, you have your inspection. Um, if you want to drive through the neighborhoods, you can, right, um, to, to get a feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of my clients do. They get a feeling of the area. They, they drive around. If, if, you know, if they have kids, they want to see if the, the street is too busy for them, right? If it's dangerous for the cars. They can if they want to be closer to a school versus um, not be close to school, right? Just you know the school buses, for example. So there's there's a lot that comes into play that people you know 
you don't think about it until you you actually start thinking about it, mm -hmm. right? So in, in the process. So you think locations by what, what's more important? I mean, this might be hard, but look the location or the house itself, because you know that location, location, location thing. That's always I I grew up hearing that like. So both. Yeah. Both equally. It's what you want. I've had clients on both sides. One who, well, multiple, but I'm just going to use one as an example. Um, sold a beautiful flipped house, right? Who was in top-notch condition, you know, great. Just not the location that he wanted, right? Bought it, sold it. And then bought another house where the house was not even close to what he had as nice, but in the location that he wanted. And he paid the price for it because that's what he wanted. Right. So, so you do pay a little bit more for a location sometimes? If that's what you want. Yeah. If, if that's the house for you and there's multiple offers and, and the house is in demand, you can do things to the house to improve it. We can't do things to the location. You can't pick your house up and move it to, to a different location, right? So location, the reason the location is important is because it's unique. You can't do anything about the location. Mm -hmm. You can tear your house down if you want and build a whole new one. Right, so it's what you want. Some people want a huge house, they don't care where it is. So you don't get a huge house in, in a busy town, right? You have to go outside a little bit, right? Or you, if you find one, it's gonna be super expensive if it's unique, you know, if it's not common. So a lot of different things, a lot of different options. So I think the viewers are starting to see like there is so much and I, there is a lot of good reasons to use Realtor, it's obvious. Um, what I am gonna do is I'm, I'll put like your link in the description for this okay. and all that. But uh, I do want to give you a few, few minutes to go over like your rebranding because I did see you are rebranding, right? Yep. And like the reasoning for that, what like, what's the process of that? Why are you doing it? And like, what do you think the benefits are of that? Because uh, it seems like it's more, now that you're rebranding, it's, it's going to be kind of suited for you, right? In a way? Yeah, so when I'm rebranding, um, you don't well, you don't want to do it too often, but I think it's, Coming to the point where you know with all the COVID, all everything you know with this whole year, even though it's been a great year, one of the best years in, in real estate industry, I think it's always good to reset, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's always good to bring something new. I always try to bring something new. If it's from a rebranding perspective, if it's from a process perspective, marketing, technology. I always try to add something new. I, I, if, if I'm running my business the same way for years and be the same, you know, even, even from a logo perspective, right? I think that matters to me, how you uh, attract clients. Because like I said, social media and networking and advertising, it's, it's crucial. You've gotta be in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. You've gotta be appealing. If, if it's something that's old, and you don't keep up with the times, you fall behind, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with first-time home buyers. You know, most of us are younger now buying houses as first-time home buyers, right? Everything changes so fast that you also want to keep up. So even if it's a rebranding, right? I, 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 I like to get feedback from my clients, you know, and that's when I was asking uh, my clients and, and my, my friends, family, whoever is on my social media, which one would you prefer? Right? Yeah. There, there's different options. And I like to see how people react to it. You got a lot of different feedback on it. It was tough. It must have been. It was tough. So when I, when, I, when I ended up, I was like, well, give me both. I got, <laughs> I got both. I was like, this is, this is crazy. So, 
Um, you know, that's what I try to do and, and get, get, get the clients involved and get them, uh, um, even the people who are not thinking about real estate, they, then they start thinking about it and they're like, wow, why didn't I think about it? Mm -hmm. Well, because a lot of times they're scared, right? They don't know the process. You don't want to start thinking about something that's so difficult that you don't know anything about. Um, but once you do, then it becomes, you know, gets into your head and you start asking questions, you start Googling stuff and, and researching. And it's so custom to you, that rebranding. It's like, how do I really want this? Like, exactly. So it's, so learning it is beneficial. It's not something that, oh, I got to learn this. I'll never use it again. I mean, you'll use this for the rest of your life, right? Correct. I mean, I, and generally I think anybody in any kind of business should really be learning this marketing thing. Creating logos is just a, it's so simple nowadays. It's yep. really not the... Hardest thing, but it takes time to learn, and once you learn, you have a lifetime skills. So, yeah, I actually had a company do it. Yeah, you're even as that, but you still have to do the. You have to um, distribute it. It's, yeah, and you have to know what you want, right? Because mm -hmm. there's so many options. Even one line in a logo could throw things off, right? So, you know, so I see that. That's important. I see it a lot. People get a logo, then they go get hundreds of business cards printed. They ended up not liking the logo. They didn't have like a their services descriptive the right way and every time they don't use those cards anymore and that happens a lot in business but it's, it's part of that branding and all that kind exactly. of moving with the times um so yeah i think we pretty much covered everything i just want to tell people really quick that as a business owner i will tell and knowing a lot of business owners i will tell you guys that Knowing a real estate agent and networking with a real estate agent is something that every successful successful person really does do. Um, they probably see more people than the average person does in a day. The average person would see in a month, they see in like a week pretty much. Like exactly. You see people all day. Um, and if you are in Connecticut and you're looking for a real estate agent, really, uh, Florian is um, really committed to this. That's what I really like about it. You wouldn't see every real estate agent even come in and come in for this interview, but he really is committed and he's a really great real estate agent. So if you have any questions, definitely reach out to him because I'll tell you, it'll definitely be beneficial for you guys. Thank you. And um, you'll put my contact info in there. Mm -hmm. What I would encourage is if you're a business owner, reach out to me, let's connect, see how I can help you as well. Even if you don't have any real estate needs, um, I try sometimes to ask on all my social media for small businesses, mm -hmm. even businesses, whatever business you have, whatever service you, even if you don't, don't own a business and you provide services, mm -hmm. let's say now with people being out of jobs, right? People try to, um, get into new things, right? So to make more money. So even if you are doing, um, you know, childcare, you, you, you want to be a babysitter during those times, you know, if I. If I, if I like to ask, like, who are all of my business people? Put your contact info mm -hmm. down, what you do for others to see it and reach out to you because that's when people are tending to, to, to reach out to you more when it comes from a recommendation from somebody that they know, a connection, right? Because I know you, you're coming through my social network and then that's how you get more business. So even if you don't have a real estate need and don't need to buy a house or sell or whatever, reach out to me, um, let's connect, let's see how I can help you, and even, you know, um, advertising your business through mine. Um, that, that's what I'm all about. Yep, it's really just about making that connection. You're definitely, exactly. you're definitely right, because there's a lot that people can kind of go back and forth with helping each other. And look okay, at just me and you, here. That's it, this is what, exactly. what happens, so. Growing together, you know, and I, um, I look at it as um, we're all a team. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no I in team. 
I like to help others grow. If I help you grow, you help me grow, right? Um, if I'm growing by myself and others are not growing with me, it doesn't matter what industry it is, right? All my friends, family, and even people that I don't know, if you help somebody down the road, could be 10 years, they will help you one way or another, even with a referral, even with an advice or whatever the case might be. The, the favor always returns um, and you just, you know, don't go into it expecting it, just go in helping people. See, that, uh, we just keep going, but anyway, um, it's the one thing, like like-minded people. When you put that post on it, the people who are commenting on it, yep. they're like-minded to those other people and that's really what you're looking for because not everybody has that kind of drive to be successful and network with everybody that they can, right? But exactly. when he's putting out those kind of posts, that's really what he's looking for. Connect a lot of like-minded people and when you see success, that's what's really going on. It's like-minded people getting together. Correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a passion of mine. Yeah. So even if I wasn't in the industry, if I can help somebody, totally love. Awesome, dude. So I hope you guys like it and be sure to reach out to Florian as soon as you can. All right. Thank you.